Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. Balance of Nature helps every single person, no matter if they're athletic, no matter if they're young, if they're old. And for me, after retiring, I started taking Balance of Nature, and I've never felt better in my life. And I've been trying to make myself feel good for 40 years now. Balance of Nature is not a supplement. It's not in addition to our health. It's the foundation to our health. It's the foundation to your life to have 10 servings of fruits and vegetables every day. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code KATE. Call 888-673-1450. The Kate Daly Show starts now. The government doesn't want to show that the vaccine is full of... It's not doing what it, its purpose was. May I see your badges? You're Jody O'Malley with the Department of Health and Human Services. This is the United States government identification. I'm looking at the CDC website. It says that you're required to report adverse events following vaccinations. One of those would be uh, congestive heart failure. That's a huge one. Were there other instances that they, they didn't report? Oh, I've seen dozens of people come in with an adverse react. This is evil at the, the highest level. You have the FDA, you have the CDC that are both supposed to be protecting us. Are the policies and administrators coming directly from the federal government? Yes. Wow, powerful clip. Uh, that is the new Project Veritas, uh, COVID exposed yep. uh, video. I think, what, over 2 million or uh, how many people have seen it? A lot of people lot. Uh, in the last, what, 24 hours? Mm-hmm. Um, so I will post that, of course, on show notes on the Kate Daly Show site, katedalyshow.com. Uh, it's, it's huge. I had to cut out a couple of those cuss words, but it, it's, a, it's a great video to see, uh, to see they themselves outing what's happening right now in America. Welcome to the show. I've got Uncle Milty. We have a great guest in this hour. So pull up a seat, pull up a chair, pull over the car. Uh, you're going to want to listen to this. And I always uh, like to talk to people about uh, solutions, alternatives, things that can happen. And so, of course, our guest uh, today will be talking about a host of things, but, but we'll be zeroing in on that as, as well. And then, of course, uh, I'll be on. I'll be hosting Alex Jones again on Thursday. And I just wanted you to know I'll have Dr. Lee Merritt on with me, one of the frontline doctors, to talk about how to stay out of the hospital. One of the most important things we could talk about right now is how to stay out of there so that you are not stuck in the tyranny wheel of the hospital because I'm getting far too many emails that that is the case right now across the nation and it's harmful. So in my opinion, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a great show with Dr. Merritt and make sure you tune in for that. And on Thursday also on, on this show, we'll have uh, Jamie Wingard, who's going to be talking about what to do if your employer asks for, uh, for you to get the shot and you don't want the shot, uh, that experimental shot. So 
great things on the show coming up, and uh, and I hope you enjoy all of that as well. So, um, our guest uh, right now, and I'm I'm actually really happy to uh, introduce Dr. Murray Sabrin, uh, PhD, a retired professor of finance at Rampago College, was the New Jersey Libertarian Party's nominee for governor in 1997, and co-founded the Sabrin Center for Free Enterprise in the um, Annisfield School of Business in 2007. I'm probably pronouncing everything wrong, but Dr. Sabrin will forgive me. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, you came from West Germany to the United States in 1949. I did not know that about you. And uh, I'm happy to have you on the show. Welcome. Well, thank you, Kate. It's a great honor to be with you, uh, all the great work you're doing. And uh, I'm on a mission since I retired uh, last July 2020 to uh, bring uh, some common sense to public policymakers and educate the American people about why free markets work in every sector of the economy and why we desperately need it in medical care. Oh, I love this. Ron Paul has said about you, and Ron Paul has been a frequent guest, uh, our health and very lives may well, de- very well depend on embracing your, uh, Murray's prescription for free market medical care. And you have a book, Universal Medical Care from Conception to End of Life. And uh, you might want to give him the whole title, actually. Well, the subtitle is The Case for a Single-Payer System. And what the single-payer system is, not the government, as Bernie Sanders wants, right. but the uh, single-payer system that I'm familiar with, pre-Medicare and Medicaid, when I was a youngster, it's the individual and family. It's mm. the individual and family paying directly for the medical care and using insurance for a minor portion of their medical care in case they need coverage for major, major operations, which is something that... Uh, a lot of families go through in life, but um, as, as a youngster, and I, I'll take you back to the 1950s. I don't know if you, I don't think you were alive in the 1950s, but I was <laughs> no. growing up in New York City mm-hmm. with my younger brother, and my parents would take me to the pediatrician, and they paid $5 in cash, and there was only one nurse in the office, not a whole slew of people filling out paperwork. Mm-hmm. We paid $5 for the visit. Then if we needed a prescription, we'd go to the local pharmacy, and we paid a few bucks for a uh, medication out of pocket mm-hmm. and that was it and, and when my father needed a major operation in 1961 he got it in Lenox Hill Hospital in Manhattan a top-notch hospital Blue Cross Blue Shield pay for it and I don't remember anyone complaining about the bills back then because medicine the cost of medicine was not out of line with people's incomes so people can afford whether having a baby which they paid out of pocket for mm-hmm. there was mm-hmm. probably little insurance to pay for things that people needed. And then when Medicare and Medicaid kicked in on July 30th, 1965, one of the most important dates in American social, business, financial history is that when Lyndon Johnson signed Medicare and Medicaid into legislation. And since then, the prices of medical care plus the general inflation created by the Federal Reserve since the 1960s has caused um, medical care to be the fastest growing component of of the consumer price index. Jeez, wow. and this is why we get uh, five days in the hospital and a bill for $70,000. It's now. insane. It's yeah. totally insane. To give you some idea of how distorted the medical care cost structure is today, as I attended the Free Market Medical Association annual conference in Texas last month, where I did a, a, a book signing and a little talk about the, uh, my book. And I at breakfast uh, on Friday, I had a uh, I met with a corporate executive who was at our table, and he said, uh, we got so disgusted with the cost of uh, medical care through our insurance company, we hired a truck to come to the parking lot of a major company that this gentleman was a, a, a VP of HR for, 
and they did MRIs for $400 per person. That same truck went down the road to a local hospital. The hospital was charging $6,000 for the same MRI with no value added by the hospital. This is one of the biggest ripoffs I've seen in the American uh, economy, in American society, in my lifetime. Why should something that costs $400 for a direct payment, cost six thousand dollars if you do it through a hospital. You know what? You're right. Didn't it cost like just a couple hundred dollars, or even less than that, to go have a baby in the hospital? After, back I, in the fifties, bills online. Yeah, back yeah. in the fifties, I think the bill would be like four or five hundred dollars. It, it gets even worse. Uh, one of the uh, doctors I interviewed for my book is right here in uh, Southwest Florida, where I'm now living, mm-hmm. and she's a direct primary care doctor. It mm-hmm. costs maybe $80, $90, $100 a month per person, plus I think uh, maybe 175 for a couple. Mm-hmm. And basically the doctor is on call 24-7, and there's no, uh, you get an appointment anytime. Right. And she's capped at 800 patients. The typical doctor in a general practice has over 2,000 patients. Oh so they give you 15 minutes per visit. But here's, this, here's the nub of the story. I spoke to the doctor, and I said, uh, and she said, I had a patient who needed, I think, a hip operation, and the local hospital quoted him a price of $20,000 because he didn't have insurance. So she said, you've got to call the Surgery Center of Oklahoma, uh, where Keith Smith is the founder and the co-founder of the Free Market Medical Association. To make a long story short, the, uh, the patient called the uh, Surgery Center of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He went there, had to fly to Oklahoma. He had to get a hotel. Everything cost $5,000 instead of $20,000. Wow. Wow. So, so operations well, in America today are probably inflated by three times what it should it, be. It has market. to be. And, it has to be because in 1940, I was just looking this up, $29.50 to have a baby, uh, $86 <laughs> in 1950. <laughs> wow. It, it, it just shows you what's happened when government intervenes right. in the economy. And unfortunately, there are economists. PhDs from the top schools, there are uh, other public policy people mm-hmm. who think that we have to have socialized medicine. And this is an idea, by the way, that comes, that's a long time in the making. The progressives from the Woodrow Wilson era, from the uh, over 100 years ago, they wanted government involved in uh, medicine. In fact, when FDR signed Social Security legislation in 1935, in fact, uh, we just had the anniversary, that 19, August 1935, a lot of his advisors wanted to have a Medicare system attached to Social Security. <laughs> FDR was wise enough to realize that the American people were not ready for a government takeover of uh, senior medical care and Social Security. So they said, let's wait on that. So they got Social Security passed to the chagrin of everybody. Yeah, let's bring it in slowly, right? <laughs> and then 30 years later, FDR's protege, uh, LBJ, as part of the Great Society program, gives us Medicare and Medicaid, and we've been off to the races, and then Obama gives us Obamacare. And here we are today uh, with COVID and the government literally creating medical fascism in America. This is what troubles me as someone who's a son of Holocaust survivors, that we're seeing the same type of incremental changes in America that is reminiscent of what happened in Germany in the 1930s. Oh, amen. I'm not doing this by hyperbole or for shock reasons, but I grew up listening to my parents talk about asking them questions about how they survived World War II, how everyone in their family was, was uh, killed during the war. And uh, we see the creeping socialism, collectivism in America. And uh, regrettably, regrettably, and I say this with a uh, heavy heart because I ran as a Republican in the state of New Jersey, that Republicans have failed 
the American people by not pushing back when they had the power to do so. Amen. Because when we had all of the power, uh, the president, the uh, the Senate, the uh, Congress, when we had it all, we didn't do anything. We, we did nothing. And, and this has been going on for decades um, where they've done nothing. It's a whole lot of talk. And now it's not even a whole lot of talk. They're just really quiet. Nobody's well, saying a thing. thing. Uh, when, Pre- when President Eisenhower, uh, when Eisenhower was elected in 1952, he expanded the welfare state. He created the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare, which is now the Health and Human Services. Right. Reagan campaigned against rid- getting rid of the Department of Education and Energy. They're still around. Uh, sucking up dollars from the taxpayer for no good reason. Uh, and then, of course, George, George W. Bush gave us prescription drugs as part of Medicare. Mm-hmm. And so it, it goes on and on and on. The, the Republicans talk a good game, but unfortunately they don't deliver. I'll give you an example. When I ran for governor in 1997, mm-hmm. as a Libertarian Party candidate, and I gave a talk to uh, p- political science students at the Eagle Institute at Rutgers. Mm-hmm. It was a class composed of... Um, uh, a big class taught by a Republican and a Democratic political consultants. And so after I gave my talk of what a, a libertarian New Jersey would look like, more freedom, more school choice, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, a student raises his hand at the end of my talk and he says, Dr. Sabre, you say you believe in personal responsibility, limited government, and free enterprise. What makes you different than a Republican? I said, I mean it. <laughs> I mean it. I I love that. We have to go to a break, but we're going to come right back more with Dr. Uh, Murray Sabrin uh, when we come back and uh, the book uh, Universal uh, Medical Care. Um, this is this is honestly a, a fantastic answer, and it's not the Bernie answer. When you think when you hear Universal Medical Care, we've been hearing that term, but that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about individual uh, family uh, single payer. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. This will be good. Make sure you park the car. Be right back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm coming to you with one of the most important commercials that I've ever done. All of you know what my pillow and myself have gone through in the last eight months in my efforts to bring the truth forward. Well, now you can help in a couple ways. First, get everyone you know to go to my new media platform, frankspeech.com. There you'll find all the footage from my cyber symposium and many other important broadcasts. Also, I am personally doing a new daily live show to get the truth out. It's at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Secondly, I'm offering some of the best prices ever on my pillow products, but they're only available on frankspeech.com. Go to frankspeech.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1-800 number below to receive these exclusive my pillow offers. Thank you and God bless. Make sure and put the code word Kate, K-A-T-E. This will get you up to 66% savings at MyPillow.com. The code word Kate, my first name, K-A-T-E. Help support Mike, help support this show, and help support yourself in getting some amazing, amazing products. These are the best ones I've ever owned. Go to MyPillow.com, code word Kate. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. I 
there. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show. And uh, hopefully uh, you're having a great Tuesday. I really do. I hope you are. I have Uncle Milty with me. And also, I just wanted to mention that, uh, A, get over to katedallyshow.com or katedallyradio.com. Either one gets you there. Over 3 million podcast listens now. Uh, recordings of the live show that we're doing now. And then, of course, I wanted to mention mypillow.com. What fantastic products you can get right now and what great Christmas presents they make. I would actually order now if we have shortages for Christmas, you're going to want to order up and take advantage of the 66% off. Mike Lindell is doing a tremendous thing by spending his own millions of dollars on on um, making sure that he exposes the fraud in the symposiums. Make sure you're supporting him. You can support me, Truth and Radio, because he has agreed to partner with the show and help Truth and Radio. And that's the first thing he asked me when we got off the air uh, in our interview was, how can I help you? What can I do? And so we've partnered up. So you get to help Truth and Radio by going to MyPillow.com and ordering fantastic towels and sheets and robes and slippers and all kinds of stuff, even mattresses uh, for your home. And you're supporting Truth and Radio, freedom of speech. And I absolutely love you for it. Go to MyPillow.com and put in the code Kate. My first name, K-A-T-E, gets you that 66% off savings that he's actually giving to you. He's never done that before, by the way. But he did that when when the stores started... uh, banning his products, right? Because of his politics. Can you imagine? Yeah, I can in America today. So uh, so he is extending that savings to you right now, 66% off. And these products are phenomenal. Go to MyPillow.com and use the code Kate. You have to use the code Kate in order to help this show. And also um, you're helping him. So I love this uh, arrangement. My guest uh, right now is uh, Dr. Murray Sabrin. And he wrote uh, the universal medical care from conception to end of life, the case for a single payer system. So welcome to the show, Dr. Sabrin. Nice to have you thank well thank you kate it's a great to be with you to discuss i think the most important domestic issue facing the country uh, and this will how this issue resolves itself will determine whether we have a free country or an authoritarian country in the future oh i i have to agree you know i had a video that went viral and it was about our hospital stay and what happened and how my husband walked out of there when, when we did things simply when we simply treated for pneumonia and that was it and did not complicate it with an NIH protocol from hell given to the hospitals with experimental horrible medications and it seems to be that I've witnessed and it's horrific um, the hospitals that are so tyrannical now that they have decided that they are basically to me it's they act like it's a prison and that they are the warden and you cannot even have access and they're you're going to do exactly what they say as they follow the protocol and get zero zero liability for doing so based on what they did to the PREP Act. So my vision and and what I have seen in this last year is so horrific that I am embracing your book to say, oh my gosh, we have to change this because we have now centralized uh, medicine from its core. Now people get to see what that is. And Uncle Milty has a question. yeah, Yeah, I just wanted to say the fact that they're not allowing a person's advocate Oh, yeah. Family member. Or, yeah. Anyone who advocates for the patient. They're not allowing them in now. Yes, because they want to get away with what they want to That's do. Right. And then also they're not even allowing the simplest things like vitamins. To me, that is the horror of going into a hospital now is they say vitamins don't work or vitamins are dangerous when they want to look at their experimental drug and say it's fabulous. 
and we see people dying all the time. So, so talk to me about what's in your plan specifically, how this would change what the horrors that I've seen this year that I, we've, I finally got to witness this year. Thanks, Kate. Uh, there are four components to, to uh, a free market medical care system. One is what I experienced in the 1950s with my family. You pay for the doctor bills, uh, the primary care doctor, and possibly some specialists. You pay for your prescription drugs, which come down in price from what they are today. That means the doctor-patient relationship is sacrosanct, that you right. and your physician determine the best course of action. You can either accept the doctor's physician, get a second opinion, or accept the doctor's uh, opinion. Uh, protocol and take care of what bothers you. That's the first component. And we already have that in place. We have with direct primary care doctors around the country who are flourishing because they don't have to see patients for 10, 15 minutes. They can see patients for a half hour, 45 minutes in a direct primary care um, practice because these doctors only have 800 patients, as I mentioned earlier, instead of the 2,000 plus patients that traditional practices have today. So that's the first component. Then we already have something in place, but I want to create something that's even better than what we have in place. That's just a super medical savings account. The money that you put in is not taxable. The money that is earned in your medical savings account is tax-free, and the money you take out is tax-free. So you now have an account that you can build up over your lifetime to pay for all your medical needs in case you need some major surgery down the road. That it wouldn't be covered by a catastrophic policy, let's say. The third component would be the catastrophic insurance policy. So God forbid you need an operation that would cost, let's say, $100,000 in today's dollars. But I think under my plan, those operations would come down in price dramatically, like the hip operation I talked about uh, mm-hmm. earlier. Instead of 20000 it would be 5000 So that would be paid out of your health savings account. Uh, and if you need a, let's say, major, major surgery, open heart surgery or something like that, that could be paid out of the catastrophic policy. And then the fourth component, which is already in place, it just has to be expanded, is nonprofit medical centers. And I helped create one in Bergen County as a founding trustee, and I support two others in, in New Jersey. And this is based upon the Volunteers in Medicine model founded in Hilton Head, South Carolina, by the late Dr. Jack McConnell. I interviewed him in the mid-1990s, and uh, wonderful guy. Um, he, he was a long-term doctor, and he saw that low-income folks in Hilton Head that were working in the uh, hotels and golf courses didn't have medical care, so he said, ha, ah, let's use something that worked throughout American history, the Mutual Aid Society, but we'll call it Volunteers in Medicine. And now that's a model across the country. I don't know how many there are today, but it was well over 100 the last time I looked, and this is based on voluntary contributions, voluntary work by doctors, and mm-hmm. here's my challenge to the, all the billionaires in the country that want more socialized medicine. If Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Michael Bloomberg, who say they're concerned about low-income folks and have hundreds of trillions, uh, billions of dollars at their disposal, they can literally get rid of the Medicaid cost in this country of $600 billion by working with volunteers in medicine to create several thousand of these centers around the country based upon voluntary contributions, but the infrastructure can be built out by their contributions, and we would get rid of $600 billion in the federal budget, and then we can work on um, medical care as, as well. I have a plan in the book on how to transition from where we are today to Medicare. There's no reason that Warren Buffett gets Medicare and all the other billionaires that are in retirement. Why are low-income minimum wage workers subsidizing Warren Buffett's Part right. A hospitalization of Medicare? This is an, this is an example of how <laughs> money is redistributed from working folks to billionaires. Right, it's right. absurd. 
Uh-huh. Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, they're worth $100 million. So oh, are no. the Obamas. They're worth $100 million. The Clintons are on Medicare. They can pay for their own medical care, and the, and the Obamas will be on Medicare right. not to the distant future. They should pay for their own medical care. Well, I'm so, sure they're again, all exempt from the shot, right? <laughs> it seems like well, the list the is growing. Thing. Someone sent me who's exempt from the shot. Right. So if the shot is so important, why is anyone exempt? Exactly. Uh, in Congress, yeah. postal workers, other union workers. This this is, I think, one of the most despicable episodes in American history where the government decides that you must get a shot if you want to work. And the, I, and the corporation, yeah. uh, which is shame on them, are forcing people to get a shot when they don't need it. And this is an experimental therapeutic. That's what Alex Berenson got kicked off Twitter by writing. This is not a vaccine because vaccines don't need boosters. I right. got the polio vaccine when it first came out in the mid 50s. Mm-hmm. We didn't get a booster for, for polio. We didn't get a booster for smallpox. So this is not a vaccine in the truest sense of the word, but an experimental therapy that uh, who knows what the ramifications yeah. are. We know that it, vaccines take five, ten years to develop. This is this was uh, rolled out in less than a year. Right. So the long-term effects of this of this shot, so to speak, we don't know what the, what the uh, long-term health consequences will be for people who take it. And now they're pushing a, a, a booster shot. So I'm very concerned that this is going to have huge medical repercussions for this country yeah and that uh, feed pharma by the way that feed pharma because of the sickness and illness that i think is going uh, to be ongoing that feeds pharma even more than they ever imagined it's it's shocking i mean this is why we one of the themes of my book is that we're overinsured and over medicated in the last years of my parents lives i when we visited them one of their ca- kitchen cabinets was full of medication that's mm-hmm. when I wish I had gone to medical school instead of graduate school, because God knows what the interactions were of all the medications that they had. Right. And they lived to their late 80s, which is amazing, given what they had to go through for, from World War II. And mm-hmm. they didn't have the best uh, nutrition, I think, because they, they didn't follow protocols. They didn't take vitamins. I've been taking vitamins since 1970. Right. So, uh, wow. so that, well, that's what I learned from, mm-hmm. from a cousin who was into nutrition. She moved from New York City to Colorado because she had asthma and she lived to 94. So she was a big uh, fan of supplements right. and uh, good uh, well, nutrition. It does work. When hospitals start to tell you that it's dangerous, you know you have a very, very, very kind of evil problem going on. How do you feel about the doctors that are doing, say, the monthly, just pay me monthly, I'll deal with your care, we can leave insurance companies out of this? Do you feel like that's a, a good step toward uh, something that works? I would, I would, that, that should be the primary structure of medical care in this country. Yeah. You pay a monthly fee because mm-hmm. the model works. Doctors right. love it. They're not burned out. Uh, the doctors that I spoke to who are doing direct primary care, they say their colleagues who have traditional medical practices, they're burnt out. They see they have 2,000 patients or more. They see them for 10, 15 minutes. Right. And uh, at the end of the week, they are totally exhausted because they're seeing so many patients. So in a direct primary care, uh, you don't have all the uh, uh, support help in order to file the uh, mm-hmm. insurance claims. Mm-hmm. And uh, the cost is reasonable. Most people can afford a direct primary care doctor at 100 to $200 a month. Right. I mean, and then get a ca- catastrophic policy and then put money aside in, in a super uh, savings account, medical savings account that I advocate. Right. That would, that I love would create this. the financial independence that the adults should be yearning for. Right. And, and affordability. I, so my father go to work. One thing I, I, I relish when I became an adult is that I'd be financially independent. Right. And where is that ethic gone in this country? People want to be taken care of as adults. 
which to me is a shocking cultural phenomenon in America. When I never thought that adults would would be uh, pleading for government to do more for them when they should be doing for themselves. Pleading for dependency. It's it, it's sickening, really, because we're losing that that spirit that kind of makes us different out there than all, than all these other countries. We have a innate need uh, for liberty. We have an innate you know witness to liberty, yet we're giving it away every day in this dependency, and it's sickening. Uncle Milty? You know, if a doctor has 800 patients, mm-hmm. and each patient pays $15 a month, uh-huh. that's $12,000 a month. Right. Any doctor can survive on that yeah. and give better service. Right, I know. And and really and truly, I love the doctors that are that are doing this and finally figuring this out. Because when you go to the hospital now, you realize how many hospitalists, they're called hospitalists. <laughs> and these this yeah. is like your new primary care doctor, uh, because your own primary care doctor often isn't let in, right? And so the hospitalist takes over. And it's a very strange, like the hospital owns this doctor. And this doctor is, mm-hmm. you know, a representative of the hospital. We have a break right now, but I want to come back and ask uh, Dr. Sabrin about that and a couple of other things, too. So stay with us. Um, We're going to just take a quick break and go to katedallyradio.com. Make sure that you're uh, that you're going there and getting the podcast and also the book name uh, Universal Medical Care from Conception to End of Life, the case for a single payer system by uh, Ph.D. Dr. Murray Sabrin. We'll be right back with Dr. Sabrin. Hold on. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. You fathers and your mothers, be good to one another. Please try to raise your children right. Don't let the darkness take them. Don't make them feel forsaken. Just lead them safely to the light. When this whole world is blown asunder and all the stars fall from the sky, remember someone really loves you. Billy Joe Shaver for you. I'm going to live forever. Uh, Welcome back to the Kate Daly Show. And of course, uh, go to katedalyradio.com or katedalyshow.com and uh, get the podcast, share them far and wide. Let's educate a nation, shall we? And I've got Uncle Milty with me. I also have the wonderful Dr. Uh, Murray Sabrin with me. I'm pleased to have him as a guest today because uh, I've looked forward to this because he has a wonderful alternative, a wonderful book and a wonderful way at looking at free markets, the truth. Uh, seriously, it's the truth about what our system should look like. And it isn't what we're seeing now as I'm getting emails all over the country. It's pretty horrific. Before we go there, uh, make sure you go to balanceofnature.com. I absolutely love this product. Balanceofnature.com is an amazing product. You can get it. It's got all the phytonutrients of 31 fruits and vegetables. And if you want to help your health and your immune system, that's actually on the inside of our body, not, not in a not in a bacteria-fested cloth. It's on the inside of our body. Um, You can actually go and help yourself to get healthy. Balanceofnature.com. Put in the code word Kate, K-A-T-E. Get 35% off and free shipping. You're going to love me for this one because I did my homework, and this was the top-notch product 
out there. You can't get anything better out there than balance of nature. So this is the food supplement we should all be taking because our food supply is horrific and we all need to be taking something i would recommend balance of nature um dr uh, murray sabrin is my guest and of course the book is universal medical care from conception to end of life the case for a single payer system you are a libertarian um you have run for governor you are uh you know very very adept into what is going on in the medical system and i love this about you uh, dr sabrin that you're offering up something that actually works that that hopefully more doctors will be um, contemplating and 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 trying and maybe we can move this system a different direction because from what I've seen with COVID-19 um, this is horrific what's going on in the hospitals right now well this is a this has to be a grassroots movement that's how you make real effective change uh, throughout the mm-hmm. history is that people say enough is enough government has overreached and we the people want our rights we want the ability to make our decisions about our lives, our medical care, everything about what, what, what is worth living, we are responsible for that, not the government. I, you know, the biggest myth is we are from the government and we're here to help you. And mm-hmm. we're seeing how, what a myth that is during this COVID situation. People should be speaking to their doctors to find out what the proper uh, procedure should be to, to deal with it. And um, if you're taking your supplements, and by the way, I'm a balance of nature uh, uh, customer. My wife is love also. It. We love the product. That's awesome. And, uh, I'm also a, a my pillow customer. The pillow has been great. I've I've had so many neck problems over the years. Mm-hmm. I use my pillow, and it's been phenomenal. I don't I'm have so any glad. neck problems. Oh, I'm so glad. In, in fifty in fifty years, it's 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 been a godsend. Really, it has. And other oh. things because Mike Lindell is a is an advertiser, but it's just been one of those great products that you find yeah. that really is life changing. So Absolutely. having said that, uh, we we are at that typical. Crossing the road. Remember mm-hmm. what Yogi Berra said: When you come to a crossing the road, take it. Mm. Uh, There's a fork in the road. Yeah. And we, the American people, have to decide what type of country do they want to live in in the 21st century. Do, do they want to live in a country where the government dictates their most important decision making, which is medical care, or they want to restore the doctor-patient relationship? And learning about their body, learning about protocols. You go to WebMD and all these other websites that are out there that provide you with good information, plus there are other doctors that are questioning the protocol of, of the uh, uh, CDC and, and other government agencies. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens when you have government-run medical care. It's, it's been something that's been in the works for more than 100 years, and now we're at the threshold of Bernie Sanders' universal medical care system, as opposed to the Sabrin universal medical care system, which is the family and the individual takes responsibility for their medical care, but we reduce taxes so people have the ability to fund accounts that will pay for their medical care or they pay for it out of their income. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the way I envision a free market society where people are empowered to make decisions instead of the government or the local I agree. And by the way, all the insurance companies, all the insurance companies, the insurance companies are now dictating to doctors as well. And so we need to have insurance for big ticket items in medical care. That's the only reason we need insurance. We don't need insurance for routine visits to the doctor or routine blood tests. One thing that has come up in in our centralized medicine now that people, I think, didn't realize we had, I didn't realize we had it to this extent where you feel like you have no rights anymore and they get to dictate, is the AI uh, software that gives people a score when they go into the hospital that's really dictating the care. It's kind of like Common Core for Education. Mm. This is the set of guidelines for for doctors, Mm. and they can't go out of, they can't actually be a doctor to that individual patient anymore. It's all about the score. 
sure. So do you envision maybe the doctors that have figured out, oh, hey, let's do a monthly thing where you pay monthly and you get the doctor visits you need and, and not based on, and we're not going to play tango with the government. Do you see doctors like this getting together and doing clinics and doing like little mini hospitals so that people like me could yes. go in and get good well, care? This is, this is what I envision. You have, a, you have a, a group of doctors getting together. You have the direct primary care doctors, maybe several of them in one practice. Then you have the specialists, the cardiologists, the neurologists, the dermatologists, the podiatrists, the urologists. It just goes down the list, and they form these little groups, like a, a mini clinic, but it's all cash-based which would make the doctor-patient relationship stronger. Remember, the doctor-patient relationship is probably the most intimate outside of a marriage or, or a relationship that you can have in society because the doctor is probing your body, asking very right. sensitive questions about your mental and physical health. And so you need to have trust and confidence in the doctor so, so you get the best possible care possible. And there's another thing that I discuss in the book. I have a whole chapter devoted to this on wellness. The American people have to be responsible for their own health. We, ha we are responsible for our health, and uh, doctors are responsible to give us good medical care. And uh, I interviewed a longtime friend who's a naturopath in New Jersey who does great work with patients, who works with oncologists, who works with cardiologists, because there's, there's a relationship between the naturopath, what the naturopath does, and traditional medicine. And so uh, and he considers himself a traditional medicine person because, as we know, food is our best medicine. That's what balance of nature is all about. Right. So we need we need that in, that that confidence in the people that we're seeing that they are educated, they are working toward our best interest, that they're not doing tests for the sake of doing tests because the insurance company is paying for it. Right. And the other thing that no one wants to talk about, Kate, mm -hmm. is that three quarters of the people who are dying from COVID are obese. Yeah. That they have comorbidities. Mm -hmm. That they're really ill, and. I haven't seen Fauci or Biden talk about the American people need to slim down to avoid COVID. Right. <laughs> they haven't talked about that. You're right. And they don't do anything preemptive. Population, mm -hmm. and, the, and the sad reality is the projections are that from 42% obesity of adults today, we're going to 50% in 2030. Right. What will that do to the demand for medical care services in the country and the cost of medical care services as diabetes, hypertension, um, strokes, heart disease mm -hmm. skyrockets over the next 10 years? So again, uh, I, I call upon the American people to take your health serious because you are ultimately responsible for your health. I agree with you. And yep. it, it is it is interesting to see the combination of drugs, as my frontline doctor explained to me, that are raising the diabetic levels, the insulin in the body, and mm -hmm. doing a number of side effects, organ failure from remdesivir, all of the side effects that are going on from the medications coming, you know, that, that, that they are told to use by the NIH, and they have to stick to that protocol. That's really disturbing because of all the side effects, and they're not using things that are simply there to help the immune system. And so you know that you've jumped the shark in medicine and that we're not going to get it back unless we all really strive to uh, to be to be participants in in care that works. And that would be maybe you're more of a monthly doctor that, that you get that you get cash pay and that we that we are right behind some of these clinics in giving them our business. Because last time I checked, we're still going in and paying the hospital. Right. So why do they get to have this tyrannical control over every patient's care when you have have to pay them. I mean, you get well, to go where you want. The, this is the medical industrial complex that has been built up over the past 75 years. Since right. World War II, when uh, uh, insurance became part of the compensation for employees, rather than employees getting paid 
uh, salary and then using that income to pay for their own medical needs. So again, here's an example of how war distorts, in this case, the medical care system was a wage price control during World War II. Employers offered a, a benefit that they never offered before called medical insurance to attract employees to their workplace mm-hmm. when they couldn't raise wages because of the government's uh, control. So again, here's an example. When government intervenes in the economy, a lot of bad consequences happen, not only currently, but decades down the road. And so we need to separate medical care from insurance as much as possible and have doctors become real entrepreneurs. Mm. Remember, doctors are basically business people. They're in the business of helping people increase their well-being. That, that's an entrepreneur. Right. And that's what companies do when they provide us goods and services. <laughs> right. They improve our, our, uh, our standing in life whether it's uh, transportation, whether it's housing, whether it's uh, uh, communication, they're in the business of helping people achieve a better uh, situation. Same thing with doctors, and there's no reason that doctors shouldn't be more entrepreneurial, and that's what direct primary care is all about. Doctors are in charge of their practices instead of insurance companies or hospitals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you've said people have basically outsourced, outsourced their lives to the federal government or state government with employer-based insurance. And that is something that's so important for people to hear, really and truly. That statement's right on the money. What I, what, what, what I found appalling is that so many people who are really smart people in their field, whether they're in law or um, academia or in business, are willing to give the government so much power over uh, the most important sector of their lives, medical care. I just find it, uh, I scratch my head and I say, why? And I think it's it's the power of propaganda that goes back for decades where people have been beating the drum, medical care is a right, uh, health care is a right. Again, I, I'm a naturalized citizen. I took an oath to uphold the Constitution in 1959. I can't find anything in, under Article 1, Section 8 that medical care is a responsibility of the federal government. And so yeah. I would challenge Bernie Sanders to a debate about this whole issue about health care being right. Oh, man, I would love to see that. Yeah. This is a guy that lived <laughs> off government and then wanted the government job so he could finally get a paycheck in his uh, 20s or 30s, 30s. Yeah. I mean, th- I would love to see a debate between you two. I think it would be incredible. Well, maybe maybe, maybe make a... Uh, uh, Michael Lindell or C-SPAN could hold one of these debates. There you and, go. Uh, I, I, whether he would show up or not would be problematic because yeah. this would be the great debate. Who do you have Jews debating medical care in the United States? <laughs> that's so funny. No, that's the truth, though. I mean, yep. that would be that would be explosive. It would be fantastic. I, I love the fact that you're putting this out there. And right now, you know, with all, with all the letters I'm receiving all over the country nonstop right now, my inbox is jammed every time I go there, um, that uh, people are so horrified they're horrified at the tyrannical nature it's become. In fact, they're shocked. They're surprised because they haven't witnessed it before. But I think what we're finally seeing is it's rearing its ugly head. And now we see the doctors beholden to the NIH and beholden to the insurance companies like we never have before. And this should be a big eye opener for everybody. I hope. Well, this is why I, this is why I wrote the book uh, to generate royalties, which I'm not going to benefit from. It's going the royalties from this book will go into the Sabrin Charitable Trust and it will be distributed to free market organizations and nonprofit medical centers to get us to the trend, boost the transition to get us to a free market medical care system. Yeah. So uh, I hope that uh, people uh, buy this book because the more books that are bought, the, the more that the major mm-hmm. people have to pay attention. I agree. And, uh, I can, and I can do the what I want to do uh, best, which is uh, provide uh, uh, philanthropy and uh, funds for 
wonderful organizations that are going to be at the vanguard of uh, getting us to a free market America, which I think is desperately needed. So Absolutely. the benefits of, uh, of free markets will, will, will reach everybody in our society. Well, this book just came out on August 11th, and Ron Paul already is behind this. Yep. And let me just tell you, what a what a book. And you need to get this so that we can get down to the root of the problem. A lot of people out there are shell-shocked when they're bringing a loved one in the hospital right now. And that's why I say avoid the hospitals at all costs. Um, and Dr. Uh, Dr. Murray Sabrin, I love that you have done this. Uh, yeah. Uncle Milty? You know, I think part of the problem is too many people expect a catastrophic illness to hit. Mm-hmm. And and that's really not all that no, common. Uh, yeah, and you can actually do so many preventative measures and things like that. That's what Dr. Peter McCullough was uh, was was saying, and he was saying, you know, what about the what about the doing stuff at home? What happened to that? And we act like it's all got to be done in the hospital. Well, people from COVID are not dying. If you want to say COVID, respiratory, whatever it is, I just think it's respiratory. They're not dying at home, are they? They're not peeling off and dying from some plague at home. They're dying in the hospitals. That's right. So there's a problem there. And uh, Dr. Uh, Murray Sabrin, thank you so much for visiting with us. Really appreciate you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to get this message out to the American people because uh, we are at that fork in the road. And yes, we are. How the American people decide where we go will determine the future of the country. So, thank you. Uh, let's thank you. And work for freedom. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah. The book is Universal Medical Care from Conception to End of Life, The Case for a Single-Payer System by Dr. Murray Sabrin. We'll be right back on The Kate Daly Show. Do not go anywhere. We have a lot to discuss.